Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the section of the Summa Theologiae, first part of the second part, question 46, where Thomas Aquinas is turning to look at anger as such, or de ira secundum se, he's going to begin with a consideration that we might find a bit abstract and even strange. And the question is, is anger a, what we're going to call specific emotion, utrum ira sit passio specialis. And so the contrast here is between anger as a specific or special or particular emotion versus being a general generalis passio, right? A general emotion that would somehow encompass others. And given Thomas's psychology, it kind of makes sense that this would be a concern because remember for St. Thomas, we have the appetite and that is divided into the concupiscent appetite and into the irascible or contentious appetite. And that's named after anger itself. So he begins with, as he usually does, some arguments against the point that he wants to make. So the very first one has to do with the irascible or contending appetite. It runs, it seems that anger is not a specific emotion. Why not? The contending appetite derives its name from anger. So we have anger as an emotion and then we have anger or the contending appetite as a broader set of drives that would be named after this particular emotion. So it seems like if that's the case, then all these other emotions that fall under it, hope, despair, things like that, are connected to anger in some way. He says there's many contending emotions, not just one. Hence, anger, ira, is not a specific or particular emotion. So that's one argument that we'll look at. The second one says, and this is very interesting, each particular emotion has its contrary. But we saw from earlier in the Summa Theologia, anger is kind of unique in that it doesn't have a contrary emotion. Thomas is very insistent on this. Being not angry is not an emotion itself, right? The way that it is, say, in Aristotle's rhetoric, a calmness or mildness or something like that. Thomas says anger doesn't have any contrary emotion. So, Logically, this should mean that anger is not a specific or particular emotion. And then the third one, that's again, very, very interesting as well. A specific emotion does not include any other, but anger includes a number of emotions. Sadness, tristitia, delight, delectatio, and hope. Space, right? So space, actually. How can anger be a particular emotion if it actually includes these other emotions? And again, this goes all the way back to Aristotle as well, who defined anger as, you know, in the very definition, including pain. And also just a little bit after that in the rhetoric as involving pleasure. And the pleasure comes from the hope of revenging or retaliating or retribution. So these are some interesting 
interesting arguments that Thomas thinks are worth taking seriously. And the way in which he's going to make sense of this is by introducing some distinctions. And it's notable that here, Thomas, as does sometimes Aristotle will say, well, there's two kinds of things. Oh, and by the way, there's a third as well. So that's precisely what happens here. He says there's two kinds of generality, which we can translate as logical and causal into English. The Latin is actually per predicationem, so in accordance with how things are predicated of each other. This is going to have to do with the sort of logical structure of species and genus, right? how things fit into classifications. And then there's causal per causum, right? So that's pretty straightforward. And then there's going to be a third. So let's look at the first two. He says, there's two kinds of generality, logical and causal. So what's an example of logical? Animal is a logical or predication genus. So we fit into animal, human being, right? And squirrels fit into that, as do mollusks, uh, which mollusks include a whole bunch of other things, right? And so we can, we can arrange things in this way. Can we do this with the emotions? Yes and no. I mean, we can certainly talk about some of the emotions being emotions of the concupiscible appetite, right? And others of the irascible appetite. We're already doing some logical structure there. What's an example of causality working here? He says the sun, as Dennis says, is a general cause of all earthly generative processes. So in a certain way, as typical Thomas Aquinas, the effects are included in the cause, in this case, the sun and everything that takes place because of the sun. So he says that a genus contains many differences that agree in being in like material. So we can have the genus of emotion and then we have all these other emotions within them and they're different from each other. He goes on and says, a causal agent by its productive power contains a number of effects. But now we get to something more complicated. He says a given effect may be produced by the convergence of various causes. Since there is in every effect some trace of its cause, we can add a third kind of generality, a third mode of generality. And that is not of the cause, that is of the effect that is produced by a concurrence by a coming together, ex concursu in the Latin of different causes and diverse is, is really how the Latin runs. So we've got three different kinds of generality and now we can ask ourselves, having made this distinction, okay, where does anger fit into this? Is anger generic? Because if it's not particular, it's going to be generic, right? So does anger fit this in the logical sense? No because anger is just one of a number of different kinds of emotions. He says it's distinct from the other emotions as we've seen. And he says it's not a general emotion in the second sense, that is by being a cause of other emotions. As a matter of fact, it's an effect of other emotions rather than a cause. And here Thomas uses an example from previous discussions in the Summa Theologiae, he says, there are some emotions that are generic in this causal sense. Love is a prime example of this, right? Love lies behind a lot of the other emotions, including anger. So in a certain sense, love contains the effects of the other emotions. Anger does not. What about the third sense? He says, in the third sense, 
we can view anger as a general emotion, which would mean in that case, it's not said to be specific insofar as anger is produced by or includes other emotions. He says it's aroused by the concurrence of several emotions. And he says something really quite worth noting here. He says an angry reaction arises only when one has endured some pain, right? So that's one of the emotions, desires, and hopes for revenge. And he brings up Aristotle. He says, Aristotle says, an angry man hopes to inflict punishment. That is, he wants to avenge himself. So if the person realizes or just assumes that because the other person is so powerful, there's no real hope of attaining revenge, they don't actually become angry, according to Thomas Aquinas, who is following Avicenna in this, right? So that is uh, quite an interesting thing to point out. So anger can in fact be a general emotion, but only insofar as it is produced by a concurrence of other emotions acting as causes or constituents of the anger. Now, how does he address those initial arguments? Remember the first argument had to do with the nature of the irascible or contending appetite. And Thomas says something really quite curious here that it's a little bit hard to buy into. He says, the contending appetite is named from anger, not just because its only reaction is that of anger, right? There are other contending emotions, but he says that all of its reactions terminate in anger. And the Latin there is very close to the English, terminator, right? Ad iram. So what could this possibly mean? Do hope and despair terminate in anger? lead to anger? It doesn't seem so. So it's not clear what he's actually getting at. The second thing that he says makes a bit more sense. He says, anger is the most striking uh, or the most manifest, the most open, the one that impresses itself upon the rest of us observing it of these various contending emotions. Inter alius eus motus ista est manifestior, manifestior, most apparent, most impressing or something like that. What about the second? Anger does not have a contrary, so therefore it cannot be a specific emotion. Thomas says anger doesn't have a contrary distinct from it. Why? Because in it, there is contrariety. So it doesn't have an external contrary. It's already a tumultuous composition of contraries, including like pain and pleasure, right? So anger itself is kind of complicated. He says anger is produced by contrary emotions, by hope whose object is agreeable and by sadness whose object is disagreeable. And then he talks about colors here. He says this is kind of like intermediate colors in which the only contrariety is that of the pure colors in which they're composed. What does he mean by that? Well, Think about orange. Orange is a composite of red and yellow, right? Orange is a complex color. Or we could think about colors that actually like directly contradict each other, red and green, which itself is a complex of yellow and, and blue, as we know, right? What do they produce? They produce brown. So brown would be like the anger in this case. What about the third argument that was given here? Anger involves, you know, multiple other emotions and 
Thomas is going to say, yeah, I've, I've already addressed that. There's a concurrence of multiple causes here. Anger involves a number of emotions, not as a genus does a species. So it's not including all these emotions under anger, but rather as an effect embodies or includes or is derived from its cause. So it includes these other emotions, which he's naming off, you know, pain or, or sadness, tristitia in this case, hope and pleasure or delight, right? So anger can in fact be rightly understood as a specific emotion, but as one that is produced by and incorporates other emotions. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.